Welcome, writers, readers, and friends to the Authors Talking Bookish podcast. I'm Donna Norman Carbone, author of All That is Sacred. And I'm Hope Gibbs, author of Where the Grass Grows Blue. We're two debut writers traditionally published by a small publishing house, bringing to you all the experiences that we as authors learn the hard way, so you don't have to. We'll give you insights from the inception of a book idea to publication and beyond. And along the way, we'll share our love of books from the writer's perspective. Hi, friends. Welcome to Episode 7, Exploring Author Spaces from Writing Havens to Creative Nooks. I'm Donna Carbone, and I'm happy to be here with you today, Hope. Hey, Donna, how are you? I'm great. What's been how- going on in your world? Well, I am into the swing of teaching. We went back to school a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just getting to know my kids. It takes me a while to get into a rhythm, so I'm enjoying finding the chemistry in each of my classes. What about you? Well, I just got back from a pretty big trip down in the Caribbean. I went to Aruba for the first time for uh, a friend's 50th birthday, and I was able to sit there on the beach and get some reading in. And um, I've also been going to a lot of in-person book clubs, which I have to say is becoming one of my favorite things to do, getting to engage with readers that way. Uh, I do them both virtually and in person, but lately I've been doing a lot of in-person book clubs. Yeah, that's awesome. I did a couple as well, and I had so much fun. It's always interesting to me that the readers bring up different perspectives than I had even considered. And they come with questions and highlighted passages. They are like ready to talk. They're serious. And I love it because my groups have been really leaning into the the book and Kentucky, there's both, both of my book clubs last week, uh, they served hot browns, Kentucky hot browns. Those are a hot brown. A hot brown is like a sandwich. So Mm -hmm. it's going to have a turkey. It's going to have bacon. It's going to have a melted cheese. They're just, they're wonderful. And so um, I love it that people really have kind of leaned into the characters. One book club even had like the the music that I had uh, oh, mentioned wow. in the story. Yeah, like in little cassette tapes because that part takes place in the 80s. Oh, so, how cool is that? Yeah, it's kind of I, fun. I attended one on a beach, which was pretty cool because most of my book is set on a beach. So um, she had a whole spread. She, you know, laid out some blue tablecloths that went with my cover and had candles and it was beautiful. It was just so much fun. Well, I love that. And before we get started, uh, let, tell me, what are you reading right now? What books are on your list? Have you just finished something? So I did. I, I finished um, a Leanne Moriarty book called The Hypnotist Love Story. And um, I wanted to talk about it just for a minute because sometimes we don't always choose books by the cover or the summary. I choose a book. I chose the book because it has a hypnotist in it. And the reason I did that is because my third um, book has a hypnotist. So it was kind of part research, um, part my love of Leanne Moriarty. Um, But it was it was a great read. I just I love her characterization. I just love her plots. Um, I, I can never go wrong with a Leanne Moriarty book. How about you? Well, I just finished The uh, Summer of Songbirds by Christy Mm -hmm. Woodson Harvey, and she's one of my top 
go-to authors. Uh, she writes Southern women's fiction, which is right up my alley. And I, I just, I love everything she writes. I, I devoured the Peachtree Bluff series. There's four books actually in that series. One's a Christmas book. I mean, yeah. I devoured those all last year, but no. I just um, bought the first one. So I'm excited. I've never read um, her books before. So I'm excited about that. Yes. And I loved it. It was great. It's a beautiful cover as well. So, mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was my big book of the, uh, of the very tail end, so to speak of summer. Awesome. Well, let's get into our topic for today. Um, we're talking about authors um, writing spaces, um, including our own and some other famous ones too. Uh, one of my favorite authors and inspirations as a writer is Virginia Woolf. I just think she writes so magically um, in stream of consciousness. I, I think she was a brilliant author, but she has a famous quote that a woman must have money and a room of her own if she is to write fiction. So um, those are both true statements, don't you think? I, I, I do believe that. Um, my, my rooms are kind of everywhere because as we, we're getting ready to discuss, I think every writer has a different way of, of writing, uh, a different way of inspiring them. Um, Edith Wharton is one of my all-time favorites. And she was famously known to write in bed. Um, oh, yeah. So I always thought that was kind of interesting. Um, apparently, Charles Dix Dickens had a special desk that he wrote at. And uh, I think another one was um, Stephen King. I mean, I think they say it's the uh, his main house. It's the sanctuary of mm -hmm. Um, so I think that that every writer, and I have a dear friend here in Nashville, her name is Cindy Dormany, and she writes for Red Adept. Um, last year, she made a she shed. Oh, I love that. And well, I, I honestly think Virginia Woolf was the original she shed owner. She used to write in a shed as well, um, where she used to print her own books. Wow. So that uh, yeah. was cool. I think that you just have to find your space. And that's what we're here today to talk about, the importance of finding the perfect space for each stages of writing, because you're not just creating your first draft. You also are going to be editing. And for me, I write very differently when I am editing or doing more work like proposals or emails versus when I want that just creative stream going. Um, so Donna, why don't you start us out? Because you do have a special workspace. I do. Um, it used to be my son's bedroom before he went off to college. And when after college, he decided to take a job on the other side of the country in California. We're in Connecticut. And um, I was just so sad. I kept coming to his room and looking at his room and thinking, do I leave it like this? What do I do? I kind of needed some closure and something to kind of propel me to the next stage of my own life. So I redid his room and it's currently my office space. You can see behind me, I have a whole graffiti wall of all quotes that inspire me from famous authors to people that I know. Um, and yeah, this is kind of my sanctuary. This is where I have all my decorations that kind of reflect who I am. Yeah. How about you? So again, as I have said in, in most of these, uh, these podcasts, I didn't start out to write a book, so I didn't have a creative space. Um, so usually I would write most of my uh, first manuscript, my first draft 
at a chair in our family room after everyone had gone to sleep. And it's not even a great chair. It's not even a comfortable chair. My husband hates this chair. I just haven't gotten rid of it. Uh, with my little seven pound Shizu, Harley, uh, sitting next to me. And i that's where a lot of the story for me took place. But unlike a lot of people, I took my laptop everywhere and I would write at soccer games. I would write at basketball games. I would write in my car when I was waiting for the kids in carpool, um, on vacation. Some of my more creative times for at least writing, I think, was when I was on vacation. I was kind of free and I didn't have... Um, you know, I wasn't under the time crunch of, oh, I've got to get to school or the kids have got a basketball game. So I kind of wrote everywhere where the opportunity presented itself. But I will say that that sometimes for me to get into the mood of creating, for me, exercise was always a great way, was that step to get me going. Mm -hmm. It's not that I had to surround myself with, you know, the, the perfect lighting with candles. And, and there are people that do that and it really works for them. For yeah. me, I would just come up with these ideas as I was running or playing tennis. Um, so for me, I think creativity and exercise go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I wanted to touch on that you mentioned. First of all, I just made a TikTok about just kind of being out in the world and thinking, because I feel like we're always writing, whether we're in our writing space or just out in the world. I feel like I'm never really on vacation as a writer because I'm always absorbing the surroundings and the people that I see and jotting notes down in my book. Um, but you um, mentioned writing in different places and it's interesting because I usually write here in my office or if every year we go to the Cape for a week for vacation and I just love writing there. I usually get up before the sun even rises. So I'm awake when no one else is in the house and I make a cup of coffee and go out on the deck and just write like crazy there and watch the sunrise. So that to me is also um, just very inspirational, but it's funny you mentioned sitting on your couch because I often edit on my couch. So I, it's, I, I'm not inspired for the ideas to come, but I could rework them sitting on my couch downstairs. So it's interesting how you have different places for different parts of the writing process. Yes. And I actually devoted a space in my house after I signed my contract and when I knew I was going to be editing, because it's not just content edits that's going to come your way. You're going to have line edits. Then you're going to have, you know, the, the business side, you know, reaching out to bloggers, reaching out to other authors. You're, you're writing more professional content. So I devoted a space in my house uh, off from our main office. And it's a closet that I turned into my office. <laughs> and um, I, I have all of my bookish road trip, because uh, you and I are both bookish road trip mm -hmm. tour guides. I have my podcast notes, I have all of my workings for, you know, where the grass grows blue. And that's more my professional office. And it's where I did all of my line edits and most of my content edits. For me, when I'm editing, it's a different part of my brain. At least it is for me. It's more like putting together a puzzle mm -hmm. because they give you your beautiful manuscript with a lot of, uh, they've almost kind of ripped it up a little bit. And so you've got to put it back together. And for me, I needed to be upright sitting at a desk the way that I used to when I worked in corporate America. 
And for me, it, it, it helped turn on that part, that more um, type A, trying mm -hmm. to put back my manuscript together. But creating it, I could never just sit at a desk and just write, you know, a scene. It just wouldn't happen for me. Yeah, that's funny. I wonder, there's like the right brain going on there with the writing and the creating and the left brain going on there with, you know, being in the zone and having tasks and details that you need to... Um, accomplish. And it's interesting that you say that because sometimes I have difficulty because I tend to do both in my office, um, both the business side, you know, writing letters and emails and such. Um, sometimes I get so distracted with that, that it's hard for me to write. I kind of have to really in my mind, um, turn everything off if I'm going to create, like there are no other tabs open on my computer um, when I'm writing from scratch. Yeah. So let's start talking about how people who are, are thinking about writing a book, those who may be in their first draft, let's mm. give them some tips on how they can design an office Mm -hmm. that works for them because an office that works for me may not work for you, Donna, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So Donna, what, what would be a good tip, a good place to start? Obviously you need to designate an area probably mm -hmm. in your home because you're, you're more likely are going to write a lot of your book in your home or near your home. What are some ideas? Well, I think um, you need to establish the tools that you need, whether you want to write at a desk. Is it a stand-up desk? Is it a desk that you sit down at? You want a comfortable chair, something that is functional. So, you know, you're not going to walk away with a backache. Um, and, you know, computer, office supplies, those kinds of things. Um, but to get inspiration, I actually created a Pinterest board. And so I went out there on Pinterest and looked up different offices, home offices, writing spaces, and I created a board, which I've linked on our show notes so you guys can take a look. But I think you should create one of your own, you know, look at other people's writing spaces and see what resonates with you. Know, you know yourself better than anyone else, whether you need a space that is surrounded with things that are going to inspire you, or you need something more minimalist. Like my daughter, for instance, she goes crazy when she comes in my room. She's like, there's too much stuff in here. And all of that stuff kind of inspires me, whereas she would have an empty desk with enough drawers to fit everything. So nothing is on her desk. Um, so I think you need to align your office with your personality and what you know about yourself. Yeah. And I know a lot of writers also try to get into the mood of, of, of a scene and mm -hmm. some writers, one that I absolutely adore, she'll often post on Instagram. She has a candelabra mm -hmm. and she puts that out and she writes her novels. The first draft, she writes it on yellow legal pads. She writes it long-handed. And I don't, I'm a computer girl. I have a hard time uh, writing anything out now. Uh, I've gotten so used to a, a keyboard, but you can also find things that really inspire you. One thing that, that does inspire me, I love flowers. I love everything about flowers. And sometimes just having that fresh bouquet in the room with me is enough that that will, you know, kind of draw something out. Or when I was writing my first book, Where the Grass Grows Blue, food is a very important part. And when I would get maybe kind of stuck, I would go back and, and try to create 
the foods that Penny would have in the state of Kentucky, just the, the smell sensory can also really help you mm -hmm. um, even in your office, bring in candles, bring in things that will, you know, bring out that creativity. Yeah. One thing that I have done with all of my novels is I've created a Spotify playlist and I either will choose song. There was one character who loved Maroon 5 and I hadn't really listened to Maroon 5 much. Um, and so I created a whole playlist of Maroon 5 songs. So my playlist included things that she would have listened to instead of what I was listening to. I have since become a fan of Maroon 5. Um, but um, my All That Is Sacred book, I more I chose some songs that are in the book that are referenced in the book from my Spotify list. But I also chose some songs that remind me of the themes that are in my novel. So even just music or when I am teaching writing at school I'll put on nature sounds um, that seems to help the students get really focused or like um, a piano um, playlist so think about things that might inspire you so let's just talk about some people don't really want to write in an office. They want to write more out in the environment. Mm -hmm. um, I met a author who is going to be doing our author take the wheel coming up in October for Bookish Road Trip. And she primarily wrote her novel mm -hmm. in a coffee shop. Yeah. And there are studies that say that shockingly writing in a coffee shop, there's something about the sounds, the commotion, the mm -hmm. amount of people, the new people that are coming in and out that will make you highly creative. And yeah. so your office doesn't have to be one spot. So Donna, have you, do you ever go to a coffee uh, shop or a restaurant? Uh, do you ever write in public? I have written in a coffee shop. It's not something that I do typically. Um, when I do NaNoWriMo with my writing students, I'll meet them at a coffee shop and we'll just write for an hour and that works. Um, I can, I also journal a lot when I write and that's something that I can do out in public. Um, I can just shut everybody out and just journal. And that's also inspiration for me. So if I'm looking for something that I can't quite find in my imagination, I'll thumb through some of my old journals to look at different thoughts that I had. Um, and that will also kind of spur my imagination. But um, I know people who write in libraries all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's another place to go that's quieter. Um, if you can function in a coffee shop with all that ambient noise, that's, that's wonderful. But if you need a quieter space, you could go to a library or a park. Um, what about writing retreats? Have you ever done a writing retreat, Hope? I have not. I've always been interested in in doing that because the WFWA, I mean, I know that they have they put that out there. Yeah. And, you know, I you know, a lot of the time I wrote my first book, you know, a lot of it was during COVID. And, you know, you mm -hmm. you were definitely on your own then. But, yeah, a, a writing retreat is another way. And it also I think that also keeps you accountable. Because mm -hmm. at those places, you you can't just kind of, it's easy to find other things to work on at home because there's always laundry. There is always dishes in the sink. You know, sometimes being, I think, away gives you that you can be completely and solely focused on your writing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think one thing is, and we'll talk about this in a future episode, but um, when I encounter writer's block, I try to shift, you know, where I am um, because that sometimes will do the trick. Yeah. And you and I have, we have been trying to do our own little writing retreat. Hopefully this fall, we're going to do like a little mini writing retreat with another writing friend of mine just to, to get away. But it's also, I, I think that it's, it's a very interesting concept to be in a, to be in a space mm-hmm. with other writers. And yeah. it's also great to kind of bounce ideas off of each other as well. Right. Yeah. That's one thing that I love about working with um, critique partners is bouncing ideas off of each other. Sometimes we won't even, we won't even be critiquing each other's work, but we'll be talking about the problems that we're having and yeah. just have a brainstorm session. Yeah. And so, well, we're going to start wrapping this up and, you know, as our, I love to always say this, but as our teacher, can you give us some homework for our audience this week? Yeah. Your do now for this week is to make a list of things that inspire you, things that you um, want to surround yourself with in your writing space. And also, you know, do some research, go out on Pinterest. As I said, I linked my um, Pinterest board. If you don't have Pinterest, that's a great that's a great place to start for inspiration. Talk to other authors too and see what their writers writing spaces are like. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and so also uh, we are going to in the next few weeks on social media, we're going to take you on little virtual tours of our writing spaces. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you my clothes. It's going to take about. <laughs> 10 seconds because I, uh, it's about the size of, of me, uh, and just, you know, kind of show you the different places where we have, have, have found that is a good place to write and, and to edit and to work. Uh, so it may give you some little ideas for your own space. Yeah. And I will show you my whole graffiti wall and the rest of what's in my office. And you could determine whether it's cluttered or not. I I think it's organized clutter. (laughs) I, I like organized chaos. I mean, my yeah. my cloth is for me. It's very organized, but I could see that um, some other people might find it a little um, claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, to see those videos, make sure you follow us on Instagram at author Hope Gibbs and um, at Donna Norman Carbone. We will be showing you those videos so you can take a tour of our rooms. Um, Also visit our website at www.authorstalkingbookishoneword.com. And we have a contact sheet on our website. So if there are any topics that you'd like us to address, please let us know. Use that contact sheet. And join us in two weeks for our next episode, which is entitled Plotter or pl- or Panster or something in between. We're going to talk about outlining your novel. Thank well, this, you. This Have was a great, a great time and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Hope Gibbs. And I'm Donna Norman Carbone. It's time for you to get to work. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks with another tip from your author friends.